Hey guys, Tom Edwards here, one of the hosts of the Strong Towers podcast. If you're tracking with us over the summer, you know that we are re-releasing some of our earlier episodes, in particular the ones where John and Mike and myself share a little bit about our stories and how we arrived at Strong Towers and what it meant for us at the time to be chasing the dream, which is how we kicked this whole thing off early in the spring this year. I had a chance to go back and listen to that episode uh, again earlier this week where I shared my story, and the episode was actually recorded uh, a couple of months before it came out on the podcast, and so we're about nine or ten months uh, away from, from when we laid that first episode down, and going back and listening to where I was almost a year ago was an interesting exercise in figuring out where I am now as a result of where I was then. And so I'm I'm still uh, working in a job that I talk about getting in that episode, uh, growing my responsibilities, growing uh, my particular section of the company and and charting a, a course forward for how I can be successful and bring success to the organization. At the same time, I continue to dig into what my identity is and what I was made to do and how I was made to do it inside of my vocation, but also outside of it, and how I can use the the skills and gifts and the things that uniquely make me tick uh, to benefit both my life and the lives around me in the time since we've recorded that episode. I've also come on staff part-time at our church, actually helping John uh, with speaking and teaching and developing curriculum to bring spiritual freedom to our congregation. And so that's been a new challenge and uh, something that fits my background and my interests well. Um, But as as we talked about in the episode that uh, we re-released last week, isn't exactly where I would have seen myself using those skills and um, putting that to work. And so it's been an interesting journey. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're definitely still moving in the same direction, uh, and you'll get a lot of that if you listen to this episode, um, which I think is a really it contains a lot of really good exercises for how to assess who you are, where you are and how you move forward in there. Um, I do apologize. We came right out of the gate with, uh, with I think, our longest episode to date here in, uh, in this particular one. Um, but if you are uh, new to Strong Towers, welcome. These couple episodes are a great introduction to who John and Mike and I are. Um, if you've been with us uh, all throughout Season 1, thank you. We appreciate you all. Um, and we look forward to coming back strong in Season 2 with a whole bunch of new stuff to walk through. Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast. A podcast with one simple vision. Build up, become strong.
Yeah, so um, so I mentioned last time uh, I spent uh, a little over a decade teaching high school physics, starting in New York, and, and then we moved down here for the last uh, 11 years, and it was a job that I loved. I can remember thinking about being a teacher all the way back to elementary school, and that didn't seem like it was going to be my path as I got into high school and, and uh, definitely college where I was studying engineering. And I probably could do a whole nother transition episode about <laughs> uh, about getting into teaching. But, you know, I've, I've done that for a while. Uh, it was something that I felt like I had really done well at, you know, that I was I was doing good work, bringing that kind of content two kids in a way that they didn't necessarily always get it. So, you know, I really, really enjoyed doing that. And then just this past fall, felt like I wasn't supposed to be there anymore. What did that feel like? Was it just burnout? Were you tired of the job? That's a really good question. And it was something that I struggled with for a long time. They had actually just given me a new class that no one in my school had taught before. And so I struggled with the idea of, am I just quitting on this class? But as I kind of dug into it, it felt more like I had sort of reached the top in a way, and not to you know, say that I was this fantastic physics teacher, but you know, teaching is kind of this weird industry where there's there's no movement i in essence had been doing exactly the same job that i started doing day one of my teaching career there was nowhere else for me to go you know i I do feel like i had reached some level of mastery in in the job but there was there was no what's next in my career and so i don't know if it was that new class that really kind of brought that to the forefront of, you know, the only thing that could ever change is is them mixing up my schedule a little bit every right. year. But I just felt like I I started to feel back in that fall like I was being called out to something different, mm-hmm. that I was being called away from teaching. Did that feel like an abandonment of your kids, your school, your passion for teaching? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, part of that is it's easier to choose the thing we know instead of reaching for the unknown and actually trying to really chase after something new and something better. There's still a lot of that as of recording time. Uh, six weeks into my new job, and there are still days where I long for the simplicity of the classroom. And anyone that's ever been in a classroom is, <laughs> is just laughing right now at that phrase. But but they're honestly, because I had done it for so long, you know, there was just this ease of my day and kind of the rhythm of my life that was comfortable but it's also 
a job where you're doing really good things. Yeah. You know, and and I think anybody that is a teacher for any length of time, you know, that really is their heart. Yeah. Is that they are serving those students in a way that, you know, as teachers, we really appreciate that uh, that aspect of the job. You know, uh, at the end of the day, it's not so much about physics. You know, it's it's did we make a difference exactly in, in a kid's life? You know, and every once in a while you get the kid that comes back and is like, I decided to study physics because of you. And that's, you know, that's awesome. But, uh, you know, for the stability that we can offer kids in different situations for the random corny joke that we tell that, you know, kind of lifts a kid out of a bad day or, you know, there is a lot of good that is done in the classroom. And I really feel like uh, I very early on had an appreciation for that part of the job. And so walking away from that was hard. Um, that it was bigger than just me teaching them how to solve problems. The way you're describing it, and the way you're kind of giving the details, it's like it, not to sound too cliche, but it, it sounded like a calling, right? That that's that was what you were supposed to be doing as a teacher. And if you could just hear the way you describe it, how much you you loved teaching. Yeah, still do. Why? Why would you leave something like that? I think. What I finally came around to was that it ultimately had to be about me and it had to be about what was right for me at that time in my life. And as I was going through this process, you know, we had just found out that we were going to have our third kid. And so we were thinking about, you know, trying to move up in house so that we had more room and. And we're looking out, you know, further away from from where I was working, um, and it just sort of hit me: Why am I going to double or triple my commute if I'm not really feeling fulfilled at this job? You know, not not that it was bad, not that I, I would have um, said that anything was wrong with it, but I think it just wasn't it wasn't hitting my heart anymore. And so, uh, so God was making it clear to me that. Uh, that there was more, that there was more out there, that there was more for me to challenge and grow and uh, and build on what had been a great stretch of years as a teacher. And there are there are things about me that are different from having done that job and skills that I picked up and that sort of stuff. Um, but it, I just felt like he was making it clear to me that it was time to move um, and to to step into something different. And we're just going to call a spade a spade here. We really love God. And <laughs> so we're going to talk about that you know, fairly often throughout our stories and throughout these episodes. Um, can you say a little bit more about what that felt like to feel like you were being 
told to leave, that this wasn't just burnout. This wasn't just, I need a change of scenery. This wasn't, I'm miserable at my job. This wasn't, I'm chasing money. This, this wasn't, I'm chasing title, new career path. Mm -hmm. I am feeling called out. Yep. Um, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, you know, in, in those moments where I'd allow myself to to think about what I was actually signing up to do, um, it was it was really kind of frightening. Like I said, you know, we had uh, kid number three on the way. Uh, my wife has been a stay-at-home mom since we had our first. Um, you know, so uh, small as my paycheck uh, may have been as a public school teacher. Um, you know, it, it was our paycheck. Um, and, um, you know, so fall turns to spring and we get to the point where, um, where we have to declare our intentions for the upcoming school year. Um, and so, you know, kind of mid-March, um, I had to tell them I wasn't coming back. Um. With no idea. With no idea of what I was going to do. Right. And, you know, and still three and a half months left of school to go in the current year. And so I felt an obligation to still be present at school and at the job that I had, um, you know, and not, oh, I interviewed, I got a job, you know, I'm going to take off, guys, uh, you know, figure out the rest of the year. Um, so, um, so I, you know, felt like the right thing to do was to just say, I'm not coming back, um, so that I wouldn't put the school in the weird position of he's leaving in the middle of the school year. Right. And now we have to find someone else. Um. So that that part was terrifying, but um, but honestly, there was a lot of peace uh, in those moments where uh, I wouldn't think in terms of the practical "we need a paycheck" right. kind of ways. Um, there was a lot of peace in the whole process, and, and that was really affirming that. Um, that we were going in the right direction, um, that it really, at the end of the day, wasn't scary. And it, I, I think, honestly, it was scarier to a lot of people around us um, than it was to us. And I don't, I don't believe that's just, you know, kind of allowing the, the blinders to be on. Uh, I do believe that we, we really, truly had a sense of peace, that this was what was right for our family at the time. That piece that you're talking about is that is that something you found on your own, or or do you have anybody walk you through this, or how did you you talk about the sense of peace? How did you right. discover that? So, um, so when I kind of first started kicking around this idea of what would it look like for me to not go back and teach, um, you know, my first thought was I need to I need to get with some folks that know me know my story, know my background and skills and all that, um, but also know the corporate world because as a teacher, 
we're completely insulated mm. from that world. Um, and my wife was a teacher as well. And so it's not even like, you know, someone else in the house had some corporate experience. Um, and so I needed to really kind of feel out like, hey, I've been a classroom teacher for a long time now, but I do have an engineering degree. And I feel like these are my strengths. Like, you know, where am I going to fit in? Um, and so I reached out to a couple of people, um, you know, at the very early stages just to kind of brainstorm. Um, and one one guy um, who's a really great friend and, and mentor um, said, let's go get lunch, you know, and let's talk about kind of what's going on. And, um, and I was like, oh, this is great. Like uh, he was actually a, an army guy. Um, who transitioned out and, and kind of started his own consulting thing. I was like, you know, he's gone through kind of a similar deal. Like he'll have great ideas and all that. Um, and maybe point me in the right direction. Um, and there's through our conversation, um, made me realize that it, it was not about the job, that it was about me. Um, and that really I needed to figure out what made me come alive and what, um, what kind of things I would feel fulfilled doing. Um, and so kind of as long as I was framing the journey in that light of this is me, you know, kind of peeling back the layers, figuring out what makes me tick, figuring out what's going to ultimately put me in a better place personally, um, I think that's where the peace came from because that was then allowing the job stuff to happen. Um, and it was also allowing me to be more comfortable with that job placement, whatever it ended up being, because I knew myself more, um, and I would be able to, um, you know, kind of figure it out in, in whatever I, whatever employment I found, I'd be able to figure out, okay, here's how, here's how I can make this, you know, really work for me um, and, and get excited about it. So we've called this series Chasing the Dream. Yeah. And so far it sounds like there was no dream. There was, I'm not supposed to be doing the thing that I've been doing for a decade and provide stability and security for me and my family. So where does chasing the dream come in? Yeah. Um, so there were actually lots of dreams and I couldn't figure out how to monetize them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so there were lots of things that, um, you know, that I sat down and I wrote about uh, things that interest me and things that I felt like were strengths of mine. Um, and at the end of the day, it seemed like a really cool list of hobbies <laughs> and not something that was um, certainly going to get the bills paid. Um, Just for fun, what were some of those? So uh, brewing beer, building wooden boats in my garage, um, writing has always been a dream for sure um and seemed like you know in the need of a steady paycheck uh, in a single income family 
Um, that was definitely not kicking off anytime soon. Yeah. Um, you know, so there there was a level of reality um, that definitely needed to set in. Um, but I think it also forced me to reframe kind of what my dream position would be. Um, and so I have a job. I, I am employed now. Congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, but I came to the point of realizing that my job doesn't have to be the dream, right? That that I don't need to end up in this magical position where they're like, please come and work for us and we will pay you whatever you want and you can take off however many weeks a year. You know, like there didn't need to be this magical mix of variables that made employment the dream, um, that it was possible to uh, to look for that um, in other places. And that's not to say that you can't be in your dream job and that there isn't a position uh, that you are uniquely wired for and that uh, your actual employment um, is what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, um, I was talking with my wife about this the other night, um, teaching as a career uh, takes up a lot of brain space Yeah. Um, that people outside of, of education don't necessarily uh, recognize. Um, and so it didn't leave a whole lot of room for other things. Um, and so one of, one of the benefits now of working a nine to five is work is done when I leave work. Um, and so it opens up other possibilities like sitting around and and recording a podcast, um, with a bunch of friends, uh, that I don't know would have been able to happen um, if I had if I had gone back to the classroom this year, um, and so um, you know, realizing that the career transition is not the dream, but can the career transition help to move in that direction um, was I think a, a big piece of. Um, figuring out where I was ultimately supposed to end up. So, and I love that, by the way, that the career, the job was not the dream. So what was? What did you discover was that deep passion that made you come alive, that teaching used to fulfill, and that now was being sparked by something else? Yeah. Um. So I went to lunch with another friend. Um, Noticing a theme here. Oh man, it it was crazy how just over the course of you know nine ten months that that this was all happening, um, that it seemed like progress would absolutely halt. You know, and I would be sending out applications and resumes and um, and not getting anything. Um, and then I would sit down with somebody and, and talk through something or, or pray with somebody about something. Um, and, and then movement would happen and, and things would jump forward miles from where they had been. Um, and that wasn't just like once or twice. It, it happened consistently throughout the process. Um, you know, so I 
can't stress the value enough of getting people around you um, and not insulating yourself, um, which would have been really easy to do, right? Like you're stepping out in this crazy thing um, that that people are not going to understand. Um, but you can't wall yourself off. And, and so having people around me was fantastic. Um, and so I went to this lunch with another friend. Um, and uh, this was later in the school year. School was almost over already. I had already told him I wasn't coming back. Um, was still not employed, had not even been on an interview yet. Um, and honestly was kind of hoping that he would be like, oh, hey, we got a perfect job for you. Um, you know, why don't you come work with us? Um, and he again kind of framed the conversation around it not being about the job. Uh, that if you're going to go through a transition like this, uh, it needs to be about you. Um, and so just in, in the course of our conversation, um, you know, and, and kind of talking through dreams and um, what would you do if you didn't have to get a paycheck and those kinds of questions, um, he goes to me, I'm hearing three things. You want to create content. You want to uh, be a part of a team serving a bigger mission. Uh, and you want to serve people. And um, those three things for sure uh, show up in teaching as a career. Um, and so the, it wasn't a surprise to me that he, that he had pulled those out of my story. Um, but then he was like, what can you do with those three things? You know? Um, and that just made me think, like, okay. If that is what really makes me tick, what brings me joy, and what um, what is really going to fill that deep part of of my soul, um, how do I figure out how to do that? Um, and how do I figure out how to do that, not necessarily as a profession, um, but even on the, on the side and and to have a hobby that is, is going to hit those things. Um, and so that was, for me, kind of the seed that was planted for Strong Towers uh, was, you know, why, why can't we create content, put something out there, um, certainly serving a mission that's, that's bigger than any of the three of us, yep. um, you know, in trying to, to, build up men and, and give encouragement and all of that. Um, and so could we just like, just start something, be bold enough to, to just start something and looking down the barrel of this job transition, I was like, sure, I can be bold. That's, that would be, <laughs> you want to start a podcast? That's easy. Right. You know, I, I still need a job, but <laughs> right. But, you know, um, yeah, other things that don't monetize quickly. We can right. add this to the list. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, now it's, I think it's in a, you know, it's it's in a different light because it, it's not, it doesn't have to be the thing, right? I could find a thing that I can, you know, do as a profession um, and this doesn't have to be that thing, um, which takes a lot of weight off of it, honestly. 
um, and I think allows it to be what it's supposed to be. The question I have for you is during this time, because um, I'm even starting to get a little bit of anxiety and fear, and I, I know there's a happy ending, right? But towards the end of the summer, you know, you still haven't had that call. You still don't know what's going to happen beginning of the, the next school year. Mm-hmm. How are you going through that? How are you dealing or how are you trying to overcome that fear and anxiety about, you know, taking care of home? Like I said, I, there was a lot of peace that I don't know that I could explain fully. It was it was getting – we were getting down to the wire for sure. I think there was always a sense that – and I didn't want to go this direction because it would kind of feel like, well, what was the whole point of, of everything that went on? But um, I kind of had this safety net of, you know, they always need physics teachers somewhere. Right. And so if if something didn't jump off and I wasn't really getting any movement, like, you know, I could probably go back and, you know, in the middle of August, somebody would need me to teach physics somewhere. Like I said, you know, there there was a little bit of that safety net and that helped a little bit. But just that peace really and and my wife was amazing through this whole thing because she also was totally on board felt like it was definitely the right thing for us to be doing at the time. And so there wasn't that pressure of, you know, well, we got to have something, you know, we need to, we need to make money somehow. We need to, you know, it was, this is the right thing and we'll figure it out. So even though we, we got close, we definitely got close to the school year starting and, and not being employed. It just, it felt right the whole time. I'm fairly confident we've got some some people listening who are like, you know, Tom, awesome story. I'm happy for you, man. I have no idea yeah. what this would look like for me. I have no idea what would bring me alive. I, I have a job. I do my job. Mm-hmm. I maybe don't hate my job, but it's certainly not, you know, lighten my world on fire and I hear what you're saying and it's kind of irritating it's it's hitting some raw places because I want that how do I get that one of the first things that I went through and this is actually the idea of, of the first guy that I met with to kind of kick off this whole journey was to actually go back into my own story and and come up with some episodes of times that I really felt alive, times that I felt like I was accomplishing something and, and proud of that or that something was, was really getting me going. And so that's, you know, all, even all the way back through like school and, and all of that. And so taking a good hard look at where I had come from uh, and then we actually got together with, I don't know, five or six couples. And I told those stories to everybody. And their job was to listen to themes that came out across all of them. Even just listen to my voice as I was telling them and, you know, would would rise up at certain parts of the stories that, you know, this was clearly the part that was exciting about that. And, uh, and there was a lot, it, you know, it was basically like just write on post-its, whatever, you know, you're, you're kind of getting out of the story. And then over the next 
couple of weeks, I just sat with all of that and kind of condensed it down into, you know, some really major themes that that came up repeatedly in those stories and seemed to be at the core of who I was and what I was looking for and, and what, you know, would really excite me and, and kind of hit some of those markers for me. So if you can if you can do that kind of thing, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it when you don't have a job to be <laughs> going back to. But if you can do that kind of thing, man, that helped a lot to just wrap my head around what I was looking for. Like I said earlier, you know, the community piece of being able to surround yourself with some good people that you know love you and have your best interest and that you can go deep and and kind of you know get a little bit dirty with because you know it there was a lot of digging there was a lot of digging that had to be done to really pull out some of those nuggets and so having people around me really helped and also created accountability right away because now those people they knew exactly what I was going through they knew pretty well what I was looking for and they, you know, they could consistently ask me about it. You know, how's it going? How are you feeling? Any prospects? You know, have you thought any more about this? So it kind of immediately set up that that feeling of normalcy that it was okay to be looking for what I was looking for and it wasn't selfish and it wasn't, you know, like you said chasing after the money or their prestige or the whatever, that there actually was some deep soul searching that I was doing and these people could help me do that. So that was huge. That was really, really big. Now, we've got to hit this part. Not that there's, you know, a giant bow tied on all this now because it's still very much in process, like you said, as of, you know, today as we're recording, you're only a half dozen weeks into this new job and the learning curve has been steep and there's yeah. still so much unknown ahead as far as what does this look like? Where is it going? What truly is my role? But how did you land in this job after all of this waiting and soul searching and time spent? And I mean, you put out a lot of applications. Yes, I did. Um, so kind of bring us through the home stretch. Yeah. So a friend from church was actually one of the first people that kind of heard what was going on and just kind of said, you know, I really feel like you would be a good fit for our company. And that was it. You know, that was that was early on in, in the whole process. And then a couple of months later, you know, I was telling a, a new part of the story and, and she was like, I, you know, I really feel like you'd be a good fit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to my boss. Like, let's get you guys to sit down and uh, chat, you know, and, and see just if you guys hit it off and whatever. And that was it. Again, you know, schedule didn't line up. He travels a lot. And so, you know, that kind of never happened. And so finally, like Mike said, you know, we're getting kind of down to the wire. It's the middle of summer. Actually, it's really, it's getting close to the end of summer. And she finally brings it up again. And like, we, you really need to come in. Like, I, I really feel like you would be a great fit for our company, for the way that things are, are going, for the vision that they've cast for, for growth for the company. You really need to come in and, and sit and, and chat with these guys. 
then somebody should call me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe. Right. Um, but at this point, uh, you know, I was getting kind of desperate. I had sent out lots of applications and had gotten nothing, absolutely nothing. So we did finally get a sit down and I came in and I kind of, you know, I, I laid myself out, you know, I here's my resume. I look weird on paper. <laughs> I, you know, I've got an engineering degree. I've taught high school for the last 13 years. I really think I could do great things for your company though. Um, you know, kind of here's what I'm, here's what I'm looking for, you know, kind of where I see myself, but these are the skills that I think I bring to the table. And, um, and it was a good conversation and I felt like that was awesome that I had a good conversation. I finally, you know, I felt like, you know, I got that first interview under my belt. Like, right. you know, I can talk about myself, which is definitely not one of my strengths. You know, I was able to kind of sell myself. So it was like, this is great. You know, it was, it was a good learning experience for me. Yeah. And my friend texts back later that afternoon. is like, they love you. When can you come in for training? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> Hold up. Like, this wasn't even like a formal job interview. And can I come in Monday for training? Like, you guys haven't offered me a job yet. What am I, what am I training for? What position? You know, they had said a couple of times in the interview, you know, we really don't have any openings right now that, you know, you know, so it, it very much had a feel of a, you know, get to know you. And if we, you know, need you in the future, we'll pull you out of the Rolodex and, and give you a call. And so it felt very hurried yeah. at that moment. Like, Oh, oh, okay. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Can I come in for training on Monday? What, what am I <laughs> like? Honestly, what am I coming in for training for? Right. Because six hours ago there was not a position open at your company, you know. And so that actually was the first time in the whole process that I started to spin out. I, I had, I had nowhere to put that. You know, it, it felt like I was on this journey and it was moving forward. And it was going at a pace that I would have preferred to be a little bit quicker, but it was going at the right pace this whole way. And then I interviewed on a Thursday morning and all of a sudden they want me to start the following Monday. And it like just this anxiety rose up in me and they were super gracious about it. You know, we had already planned to go on vacation that the last week of summer. And so, you know, I, I I wrote them back uh, after they did actually offer me a position and I knew what I would be going in for. And I was like, Hey, you know, guys, like, thank you. This is amazing. I already have a vacation planned. And they were like, that's, that's cool. You know, we had some things planned for the month of September and, and they were okay with me taking a couple of days there. Also, you know, it was like my second week and I was already taking a day off. Um, <laughs> So, so they were super gracious with that, and I didn't realize until afterward that the day that they offered me the position was the day that teachers went back to work. Yeah, and so that, you know, the anxiety of the night before of, oh my gosh, they just offered me this job, and I don't know if I want to take it, and if I do take it, is there something else that I'm missing? And yeah. all of these kinds of thoughts are spinning in my head. Um, I called you up, John, and uh, ended up going for a run at like 10:30 at night, and I just like and just needed to get out and just get some space. But then to realize that it was wrapped up in a bowl like that, that they actually offered me my new job 
the day that I would have gone back yeah. to my old job was just like the, see, I've got you. I've got you. The yeah. whole time, I've yeah. got you. And it's amazing, too, that the thing that really ramped up the anxiety wasn't, you know, the impending deadline of we don't have any money and we have bills to pay. But it was actually the success <laughs> of I just nailed an interview and they offered me the job same day. Like, this is the dream yeah. coming to fruition. And that was the thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's those moments, though, that I feel like we so often think that we've gone off track yeah. or at least that voice speaks in the back of your head of like, yeah, but this is different. This is not what it felt like the whole way through. Right. You know, this could be really good. And six weeks in, it does feel really good. Um, it feels like a good match. I feel like I'm doing really good work, you know, but, but it was different and unexpected and there was just that space for for that voice to just come in and say, eh, this probably isn't right. Yeah. You know, what is it that I'm not seeing, you know, that I could accept this job and something better could come along two days later, you know. Meanwhile, I had gotten nothing, right, crickets on all of my resumes and applications <laughs> You know, but I'm confident that the you know somebody's going to come and, and give me the best job ever, if only I wait out on this one. Yeah, so it was it was really strange that it happened that way, but that also let me know that like that that wasn't the truth of of the process and what was going on. You know that I wasn't supposed to be feeling anxious now that I had succeeded. You know, and so I think. Part of that was just my spirit being like, like fighting against it, mm-hmm. you know, right. that this is a good thing. And they, they liked you, you know, like you, you did, you killed it. Like that they are creating a position that did not exist when you went and sat down with them because they want you, they want you to be in this position and, and to take the company in this direction and and it was it was definitely me that they were after because on paper I'm not qualified for the for the job that I'm doing <laughs> right. you know and and so they they saw some mix of background and skill and enthusiasm and, and whatever in that meeting that led them to believe that I could do this you know and that was the truth that that I needed to get to was that after all this process of it's not about the job it's about you and it's about you growing and transforming and becoming more who you're supposed to be, that this hire was about me. Yeah. You know, it wasn't about the job because I didn't have experience in the job. It was about me. What does chasing the dream look like now that you've, you know, you're out of that place of what am I going to do? Feel like I'm being pulled away from this thing that I know and I've done. You have this you know, amazing, frustrating, anxiety-riddled, ultimately successful and victorious, you know, landing into this new thing that you're enjoying. 
what does chasing the dream look like now? Uh, you know, I think it's it's still a journey. Um, and that's what I figured out is I landed the job and and that's great and needed to happen at some point for sure. But there's still the larger transformation that's happening of how do I continue to go after those things that are the things that really get me going and how do I make that more a part of just my my everyday life you know one of the things which sounds simple and I feel like all of us would agree that we um, don't do enough was just to be outside just to be out in nature and to kind of recharge in that way you know and so how do I now that I have a cubicle job right like how do I make that just more a part of my normal and so I'm definitely not done you know and, and so there's there's still growing that needs to happen in those areas and 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 really that's the chase is once you realize that it's not about the job and that it's about these other things that aren't maybe even tangible you know how how do we how do we go after those how do we still do the things that that we need to do on a practical basis but how do we carve out that time to really hit whatever those things are for each of us and so I'm not there yet yeah. you know it's gotten a lot better and I think there's been a lot of really rapid growth uh, just in the way that the last year has played out in my life. But there's still room to continue moving in that direction. And I like the way that you said that, that you know, the, the chase wasn't just about landing the job, but it was becoming aware of these places in you that had the capacity to bring you so much joy, life, mm -hmm. meaning, significance validation that weren't necessarily job specific but that the job could allow you to develop yep. and so now in the job the focus is still growing and developing yeah those things in you and that 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 is the chase it's ongoing and it's not a you know striving it's not a i gotta make it happen for myself it's it's entering into that process of I'm aware of these things. And so now I can prioritize right. that over right. the money or the title or the whatever. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, even just knowing what those things are, you know, and being aware of you know, teamwork was something that came out for me, you know, so being aware of like really that I, I do truly appreciate, being a part of a team just allows me to reframe my job and look for ways to either improve that aspect of what we're doing at work or to rethink uh, of the way that I see my job so that I do, you know, hit those, uh, those things. The other thing I realized is you're never going to find the perfect job. Right. Right. No, no job is going to hit everything for everyone. And so you also have to be realistic and say, okay, you know what? This piece that's really important to me, I'm probably not going to hit it. You know, I'm not going to hit it over here. 
but maybe there is something that I can do that's going to allow me outside of work to to hit that same thing. Yeah. And so it it is. It's a journey, you know, and something that still needs to be chased and crafted and yeah. honed. But it's worth it. It's yeah. definitely worth it. Earlier on, Tom, you, you you mentioned you know finding these passionate times and these stories that you you were able to share. Um, can you give us a little bit more insight of these these stories? Yeah. So um, I had a hard time starting actually, and so I I kind of put the question out to my parents and to some of my friends from high school that have that have known me for a really long time. So um, you know I, I kind of farmed it out to a couple of people. And then as, as ideas were coming back in, I, you know, I would take them back you know, take a look at them and, and say, Oh yeah, that, that was really good. Or, or maybe discard them. My parents have a different view of growing up than, than I did. And so some of the things that they looked back on as parents that they were, you know, proud of or thought were really great moments for me. I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> sure. But you know, that, that helped to kind of get the, the things going. And so there were a couple of times that I could think back to to when I was running in high school. So there were a few stories of of particular races uh, where I can remember like feeling like, you know, I really had put in the work and I had, you know, and I had done well. There were a couple of places in college uh, also where it just felt like I had accomplished something big that you know that that I could look back on and say, you know, I had prepared well for that, or there was a, a like something that that happened was you know fell into my natural gifting, those kinds of places. So it wasn't necessarily just looking back for accolades, you know, and just like oh well, you know, I like I won this race this one time, but it was really looking for, you know, when was it. When did it go past that? You know, when did you really have a sense of ownership, personal ownership and pride in something that had happened? So one of them uh, that came out for me was my 10th grade English class. We had this teacher who also taught like the 12th grade drama electives. And so she had a stage at the back of the room and like every chance that we got she made people get up on that stage and perform something. And so every book that we read during the class that year, there was a project at the end. And every project, I took the lyrics of a song and I rewrote the song to to correspond to whatever happened in the book. And then we would get up on the stage and, and we would act them out. And so there was this creative piece also that came out pretty strongly from that, which I think here was what really surprised me about these stories. It was me telling my life to other people and then having them reflect my life back to me. Uh And so I wasn't surprised by anything that I heard coming from them. And yet at the same time, I was like, oh, you're hearing that as something that's important to me. Like, yes, I understand that that, you know, was a part of my life and that I did that. And, you know, and even in writing the stories out, I would, I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to really pick out those kind of attributes, but there was something really interesting in having 
other people reflect that back. I was like, oh, that totally makes sense. Wow. You know? Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, if you can, if you can get those people around you, then can kind of create that feedback loop. That was super helpful because a lot of times, you know, especially for guys, I feel like, you know, we're go, 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 drive at something and we don't know how to take that step back and really observe and analyze what has gone on because we're already on to the next thing. And so, you know, it was helpful to kind of call up some friends to be able to, to play that role to do that and kind of get me out of the just chasing after the next thing that was coming. stick with this chasing the dream theme over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so next up is going to be Mike Lara talking about what chasing the dream has looked like in his life, especially recently. And you are not going to want to miss that. Mike has a killer story that I know you're really going to enjoy. So thank you guys again for being part of this journey with us. And we'd love to hear from you if there are dreams that you are currently chasing, or even if there are dreams that used to inspire you and then just felt like too much. Uh, There's no way this is going to happen. I just need to put this one up on the shelf. We'd love to hear about those two. Uh, So again, you can connect with us on our website, strong-towers.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Get connected. Thank you for being part of this journey.